Good morning, Highlands. Thanks for uh, setting your TVs to come out and see what happens after service. Who has a football game at 8.30 in the morning? Not a, not a football fan, really. Aussie rules football. Now, if you ever want to really talk about football, we can talk about Australian rules football. Uh, but uh, I'm a Packer by default because I married into that. I didn't know when I came here what American football was, so I just had to say, well, wh who are we? And they're like, green and gold, that's what we do. So that's, that's what it is. But hey, welcome to church. So glad you're here. Uh, my name's Todd. Uh, if you haven't heard me before, I'm originally from Australia. That's where the accent's from. I attend Woodridge, and uh, of, of recently now, I, I guess I'm on the speaking circuit for uh, helping out in different spaces, and, and I always count it a privilege to be with you, and um, so excited that Pastor Aaron is back. Uh, it's just so good to to have him back in, in, in the pulpit. And um, this week he got, I got a call though. And he says, hey, can you, can you come and speak for me? I said, sure. And, uh, but I don't even, is he, is he here? Are you in here, Pastor Aaron? He showed up this morning. I said, wait, you weren't supposed to be here. He must be in the first service. Because yeah, well, he, was, he was running a marathon. So when you weren't supposed to come back, because you know the elders of the kind of say, well, now you can come back. And he's like, Sent me anyway. Um, yeah, I did a little bit of a scheduling faux pas. Um, can you <laughs> pinch it for me? I'm like, sure, I'd love to, because I told him I'd come back. And then I got sidelined. It's like, well, no, Pastor Aaron's back. You don't need to do it anymore. All right, great. So I'm back. And then I found out he ran his half marathon yesterday, and then he showed up and surprised me. So then I was really nervous. So I'm like, I don't know. You in, you out, what's going on? He's like, no, no, I wanted to come in here. So I'm just so glad he's back. He's such a great guy. And, uh, but I, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be in this message with you today. Um, for those of you who um, haven't been here the last few weeks, we're, in the, we're doing a series on Psalm 37. Um, not sure if you've got it memorized yet, but you're like, man, there's like four verses. How long can we possibly stay on four verses? Uh, I, once, I, I once was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, not a believer, and, and when I was at North Central, we said, well, we have chapel every day. And they said, how do you possibly find something to talk about every day? And I'm like, this is a really good book. You can talk about it every day. And you can take a few verses in Psalms and you can talk about them every day. So hopefully you're not being like, man, we're still in Psalms. When's this one done? It's like, this is a good Psalm. So we're still here. But one of the things that I thought about as we we're getting ready to come this morning, I thought, man, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. It kind of just jumped into my heart. And I was like, you know, in our society, it's pretty hard to really be still and know much about anything these days, right? It's just go, 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 go. And so this idea of, of soaking in this psalm, soaking in this space, be still and know and really consume it is what we're, what we're about. We're in the series called Dwell and Delight, and it's around the principle of our, our posture towards our Heavenly Father and putting kind of our place in the story in the right place with his place in the story um, and and really working towards um, letting God be God and let him answer that question when we ask who are you and what you are sometimes uh, we kind of talk over God right and much like maybe when you're with your spouse you know what's for dinner 
And instead of waiting, you're like, what's for dinner? We having spaghetti? We having lasagna? We having, and we start filling it in. And it's like, you, you got to create a space to listen and to hear that answer come, come back. So we're kind of creating that space in this psalm. Because God doesn't need us, but he chooses us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And so here we are today. The first uh, few weeks... Uh, we, we were focusing on the first seven verses. When I came here uh, a few weeks ago in week one, uh, I made just read the whole psalm. So we had the whole context. That's always very important to me. And uh, it, was, it was under this principle of he can do it. Uh, I got a nice little card from the Highlands today with this little, well, it's right here. I thought this was super sweet because it, it made me chuckle. It was a little thank you card and it had, had this little... Uh, this little girl on here, you remember when I throw this, we can do it, you know, that was this deal. And I, it's, I this just made me smile. I'm like, hey, that's, that's from my sermon a few weeks ago, right? But we did this, we, he can do it. Not we can do it, he can do it. And I talked about how the whole psalm unpacks what he can do. He will give, he will act, he will bring forth, he will not forsake, he will exalt, he will protect, he will deliver, he will do it. And then Pastor Aaron came back. Last, uh, in week two, and we looked at dwell in the land and the impact of culture-changing leaders and this idea of to, to live in the land as we are in this community, but to not assimilate in terms of being taken up by the laws and the, the process and the practices and the thinking and the worldview of the land, but to be different than that and to, to love the city and to bring a new way, a new way of thinking that we're called to be something beyond ourselves, Christ's ambassadors to spread the good news, which then led into last week, which was our week three. And if you remember, we were going to outer space last week, if you saw that one. And we were talking about the Artemis one. And, you know, I actually thought in my head about Despicable Me. I don't know if you had that thing, but I'm like, we're going, going to get the moon, right? I'm going to build a rocket to the moon. You know, the month, you know, I'm going to get the moon. That's what I was thinking about. And it was all about trajectory and power. And it was about in our psalm to do good with a reference to the Hebrew word tov, to trust God and do good. Trajectory and power. That's our job and that he will do the rest. And, and Pastor Aaron shared the freedom is of, of a simple nature, but it's not necessarily very easy to do. And then today we're going to spend some time focusing on taking delight. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into our teaching. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, your sovereignty, your love for us. We thank you that you are a father that knows our name, that knows who we are, where we are, what we're doing, and the joy that we bring to you as our Abba Father. And Lord, as we spend time in your word, as we unpack this psalm a little bit more today, may you teach us something new. Open our eyes, open our hearts. And fill us with the truth of your word and your love for us as our Abba Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I was thinking about you guys last week. I'm going to throw this picture up here. I took this picture last week. Uh, this is the North Shore, if you've ever been up there. Uh, this is actually Burlington Bay on the North Shore. And uh, it's just uh, uh, north of two harbors. And I've only just recently started going up to the North Shore. My wife and I, we've lived here for 15, 16 years. And, uh, and it was always like, eh, what's past Duluth? It's probably not that good, right? And we have people with friends in Duluth. We always went there. It's like, whew. 
that two-hour stretch is, that two-hour stretch to Duluth, I'm telling you, is four hours long. I'm just telling you, it just feels like it goes forever, right? And then we get out there, we never, and then finally, we decided last October, I think it was, like, let's just go up there and stay somewhere. And then it was like, game changer, right? We went all the way up to Grand Marais. We stayed in this wonderful place, and it was a game changer. We've been up there three times in the last six months. And how do we get up there again? It's, it's a little bit weird. In fact, we stayed at the best hotel we ever stayed in the first time we did it right, right? It's like, hey, we're going to do this. And then we stayed in the worst hotel we've ever stayed in, both in Grand Marais. So we've had our both both experiences in the same place, right? And we went up there last weekend, too. It's like, we just want to get away. We just want to go up there. It's so amazing. And I'm sitting up there, and I'm reading through Psalm 37, and, and I took this picture. Uh, because what I do when I go up there, and I do this in other places, but it's particularly good up there, is I get ready the night before, because the thing I like to do on the North Shore is watch the sunrise. That's my thing. And my family are anti-morning people, so they have no interest. Just take a photo, Dad, show it to us, it'll be the same. Like, it's not the same. It's very different. And so I'd go up there, and i get my clothes ready the night before. i get my Bible. i get very spiritual the night before, like just like a little altar to the Lord, like, I'm going on a trip, Lord, tomorrow, you and me, man. And I go to bed, and I don't even set the alarm. I'm like, that's how excited I am. I'm like, I just keep waking up. Is it time yet? Is it time yet? It's like I'm a little kid going fishing. Can we go yet? Can we go? Now, we go. And so we go, and I get dressed, and I tiptoe out of where I am, and I go down to wherever I'm going to do my time with the Lord, and... I watch the sunrise come up, and I just watch it change and shift and move. And then, so this one, I, I took a picture of this one, right? It was just so beautiful. The sunrise for me is like a romance with the creator. It's a rendezvous of richness, a connection of comfort, a look of love, a morning hug. I breathe it in. I soak it up. I close my eyes. I look with intention, I calm my soul, and I whispered this time, this is delight. This is delight. But it's not just the North Shore where I get to experience delight and where I focus on delight. No, I, I also think about it when I come home uh, from a really hard day, and I'm, I'm a therapist uh, by trade, so that's what I do during the day. And so I, there's sometimes you do work with people that's really hard, and you don't really feel like you've made much of a difference at all. It's just really hard. Life's hard. So, but then there's other times when I go home, and I'm like, that was really hard, and I really feel like I made a difference. I really feel like I was in the gap. I really felt like we moved somewhere. And today, I felt really good about what I accomplished, and I let it into my soul, and it's like a feeling of delight. But that's work, and then this weekend, it was Orno's homecoming, right? So this weekend, I had a different kind of delight as a dad. My, my, I have a 16 and 14-year-old daughter, and my 14-year-old daughter made it into the high school as a freshman marching band, and she plays the quads, which is super, super complicated, right? And it's got the four drums, and she's like this high, and she's like working out in the summer, running around our basement, just trying to catch. She's like, I got to carry these things, right? She's the only girl doing the quads. She's out there, and we went to her first thing, and she's marching in the parade, and she's doing a thing, right? And I'm like... Man, that's awesome. I don't know where this talent comes from. I don't have that. Right? The focus, the process, the, all of that stuff. And I let it in once again. I was just blown away. 
I was delighted. But it wasn't just the drumming and it wasn't that. Then we had the dance last night. So then the dance came along and then it's the shoes and the dress and the strutting and the things and the selfies and all of these things, right, that we're doing. And I'm sitting there and I sat while we're taking photos because I'm the guy that holds all the purses and does all the things, right? So I'm just sitting there. And instead of just being like, come on, let's go, I sat there, I took it in and I went, whoa, man, these young women are doing this thing. And when they were little, they were seven, five at our place. They would, we got those little bow and arrows you get from like the craft shows with the little, you know, you know what I'm talking about, a PVC piping or whatever. They would put those on. They'd put their backpacks on. They'd have yoga mats. And they, and they were adventure girls. That was their thing. They were like, what are you doing? We're going to play adventure girls. And they'd go, yeah, go play adventure girls. And they'd go leave trash up in my backyard and never clean it up and do all that stuff, right? But they were playing adventure girls. They'd do it in the snow. I got pictures of them like, yeah, we're going to the North Pole. We're going to be adventure girls, right? And now they're dressed up like young women and they're going on a different adventure, and they're still best friends, and they're still saying, well, this is going to be an adventure, right? And I'm like, you're adventure girls. And I take delight in that. Psalm 37, 1 through 7. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward shine like the dawn, and your vindication like the noonday sun. And verse 7, we're adding that in this week. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. If you're a Bible underliner like I am, I'm a big Bible underliner. I love getting new Bibles. In fact, I'll tell this all the time if you hear me speak. One of my favorite things to do is get new Bibles and then start writing them and underlining them. When my kids were, when I found out I was pregnant, not me, when my wife was pregnant, <laughs> I had a little bit to do with it, but not much. And then, and I was like, oh, so I went and bought my daughter, I went and bought a Bible and then I held that Bible and then I would write in and I'd write all these different things in there. Like, I don't really understand this verse or this one's really hard or find a guy like this, right? This is really important or, you know, this is, this is what I did here. And I'd write all these things and I'd stuff, stuff in there. And then I did that for both of them. And so I have two doors, so I had these two Bibles. And then when my next one was born, I was like, yeah, I get to buy a new Bible. Woo-hoo! And then I have these two Bibles, I write them. And then when they got baptized, I gave them these Bibles, right? Because I think this is a really important book. And I want you to know that I don't get it all. I don't understand it, but live your life by it. And then when I got rid of those Bibles, I get to get a new one. And whenever I get a new one, there's always these verses I run to, like, woohoo, new Bible, get my highlight, get my pen out. This is one of the verses I run to, right? And I go on the line it. Because I want to do this whole take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> desires of my heart. Okay, you just got to do that. How do I get that? And there's another verse that I go and run and underline. It's very similar. And you know this one too, probably. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Both these verses often approach the out, with the outcome in mind. Making our path straight speaks to success, peace, accomplishment, ease, being the one who's right. There's few people who desire a crooked path to get to their goals. And so we underline it. But the problem is when we underline it, we often do it in a sense of reward. This is the reward. This is my responsibility to get there. And we really should be 
flipping that on its head a little bit, saying, what is my responsibility? And if I follow through with my responsibility, this is the reward. And this is what we're talking about in this this whole process of dwell into light. How do we let God be God? How do we leave him with the responsibility so that the reward comes, right? And so as we go through this, there's, a, there's another piece that I wanted to just spend a little time on, and that's found in Philippians 4, 10 through 13, as you study this this week. And it says this in Philippians, as Paul's talking to the church at Philippi, he's, he's in prison when he's, when he's doing this, he's in prison in Rome, and it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you are renowned your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned a secret. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether we fed or hungry, whether living or in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In other words, Paul is sharing to the church at Philippi that when his focus is on Christ, when his heavenly father and he gives it to him as the author and finisher of his faith, he is fulfilled. Paul takes delight in the one who gives him strength during times of plenty and during times of need. Paul is letting God be God as David in the psalm is challenging us to do and let God be God. For us. So, to, to help this, um, I wanted to um, do a little illustration. Is, do I, is anyone willing to volunteer? Got a volunteer in here? All right. Is anyone here willing to volunteer who likes chocolate? Are there any chocolate lovers that are willing to? All right, I saw that hand. Come up here, sir. That's perfect. All right, chocolate lovers, you know. Is there anyone in here who likes chocolate now that you know if you stick your hand up, you won't get chosen? Chocolate, chocolate lovers? All right, great. And what's your name? Matt. Matt. How you doing, Matt? Todd, nice to meet you. Thanks for helping me out. Okay. It's always scary when you get up here in the light. Like, what are you gonna, this is going to be good, though. You'll be okay. All right, so here we go, right? Okay. I had to break this open in the first service. Yeah, I, I, I did. So, you know, I wasn't going to open a new one. But Hershey's, right? Do you like Hershey's? I do. Okay, so here. Not picky. Not picky. Okay, well, I snapped that off in COVID sense, so I didn't touch it, right? So just, you can eat that. I just want you to try it. Yeah, I like that. The, this, the first service, it was dainty. It was like a little nibble. You know, that weren't sure, like, is this some trick? All right. How, how was that? Is it good? Yeah. Can you describe, like, what it's like or, you know? Sweet. No? Um, sugary. Is it, is it good chocolate? Yeah. You like this? Is it your favorite chocolate? It's just in there, right? Okay. Okay. So now... Do you know what these chocolates are? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, as we, as we shared this, I want you to say, pay attention here. There was an eyebrow raise. Okay? Now, eyebrows are really interesting because you don't want to overdo your eyebrow raise in case I was kind of be like, well, would you like two of them? See, because if you raise your eyebrows too fast, too early, you got nowhere else to go with the eyebrows, right? They're just up there. And you can't be more surprised after that. It's just you're just committed, right? Well, why don't you take one of those for now, okay? Mm -hmm. Why don't you try that piece of chocolate? (laughs) And what I want you to do is just, yeah, commit to it. 
There you go. So, so, and I'm going to wait for Matt here because this chocolate's a little different. You can't talk very well. It's like you, you just can't. You just, and in a minute, when you feel right, okay, when, when it's kind of at that, that place, then I want you to explain to me the differences between those two experiences. Both chocolate, right? Creamy and delightful. Creamy and delightful. Partly because it is now dwelling within you, I would say, right? <laughs> Dwell and delight. Yes. So, so, explain, so I gave you Hershey's. That was okay. Yeah. Right? It's, 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 it fulfills that sweet. Uh-huh. Well, what's, what's a lint chocolate like, though? Tell, tell me what that's like. like. Delightful is all I can think of, but very creamy. Um, just like next level. Next level. <laughs> I mean, it starts hard, right? It's like a crunch, just like Hershey's. And then something opens up inside, right? <laughs> It is. It's just undescribable. It is undescribable, right? Good job. Thank you. Everyone give him a hand. So, do you like chocolate? Don't eat it all at once. <laughs> Delight, right? So Matt comes up here. And I already asked you if you like chocolate. It was a pretty easy thing. I know you like it, right? But there's also this part of this desire. It's like, yeah, but I know chocolate too. I'm a chocolate lover. And I told my wife, I have to go to Target tomorrow. I have to get some chocolate. She says, why? I'm doing this illustration. And I said, well, can't you just use the chocolate in the, in the pantry? I'm like, No. It's on delight. I have a particular chocolate in mind to really illustrate what I want to illustrate. Because when I see those chocolates on someone's table, it's like going to a restaurant with my wife and having a TV in the background. You know, I look like I'm focused with you. You look like I'm, I'm hearing you, but I'm really on this, like, drift to the left, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's what it's like if someone has these chocolates sitting out on the table. Are they for us? Can we have those? Like, all of them? Are they just free? Can you only have one? Because I feel like it's a one chocolate thing. That No, I have them all. <gasps> really? Right? Delight. Delight. Desire. In uh, marketing psychology, I found this. I want to read this to you, too. When you are able to respond to an experience, it becomes more memorable. And isn't a unique experience precisely what we want to give customers and prospects? According to psychologists, when we feel delighted, it's usually when we've experienced a positive surprise. That's delight. That's the pop of the chocolate. Ooh, ooh. I wasn't expecting that. Let's just take a moment on that one, right? It's what marketers call surprise and delight. When you're delighted, it generally is because you're pleasantly surprised by something you weren't expecting. When I was thinking of this psalm and I was thinking of de take delight, in order for Matt to really experience the chocolate, he had to do something. What did he have to do? What did he have to do? He had to eat it. He had to take it, right? He had to take it. It wasn't just... His eyebrows went up. He had a little moment. But the true delight did not come until he took delight, right? So I was pondering this for a little bit, and I thought, well, 
let's write down a few things that I think is delight. To take delight is to focus on, to give full attention to, to ponder, to be consumed by, to allow into oneself, to breathe it in, to be in awe, to meditate on, to smile, to appreciate, to observe, practice, and celebrate, to experience someone or something going the extra mile. To delight might be considered even as yielding to someone or something else, taking the attention off ourselves and appreciating something that's inspiring or something that's even outside of ourselves. As it was with my daughter, you might say, well, you're just proud of your daughter. It's like, yeah, I can be proud when it's like it's out there and it just is. But when I let it in, when I let it fill me with different emotions and different feeling, when I allow that surprise, when I allow that awe, when I step back and truly give myself into that experience, it's to take delight. To delight is an emotion that is intentional. It's often interactive and participatory, which is why I like the NIV version of, of this psalm, because it does say take delight. The ESV just says delight. They just just throws it out there. I'm like, I like the action piece. I like the taking of it. And my question then to you this morning is how good are you at taking in, recognizing, and experiencing delight? For me growing up, I was in a family where I was delighted in a lot. And I was very fortunate in that case. My parents would often delight in me. And they would cheer me on. They would stop. They would pause. They would come into my room at the end of a day and they would celebrate me. And they would tell their friends about me in front of me. Some like, this is kind of my son and who I'm well pleased. You should talk to Todd about this. He is really good at this. Man, you should see this, right? And it was this sense of knowing and feeling delighted in. I can remember my siblings coming and watching me in various things I was in and them praising me as siblings. That actually happens sometimes if you've got kids, right? That, that siblings praise each other. I was up at the North Shore, these, you know, they're taking photos. This was up at, at what is it, Artist Point or whatever it is in Grand Marais. And there's this young gymnast. She had to be like nine and she was doing all the poses. Mom's doing all the snaps, right? And then she did this wicked thing. She just like flipped around, which I was like, man, that's super dangerous. And she just did it like, and she took this, you know, slow-mo picture. You know, that's what it was, right? So you get the full ponytail sweep and and it was awesome. And I was like, whoa. And then the little brother, well, little, he was like 11. He was the older brother. He made some offhanded comment like, that wasn't really that good. And then I said to him like, all right, big guy, let's see it. I'll take a picture of you doing it if that wasn't that good. And he's like, well, I can't do it. I'm like, all right. Then you need to say, that was awesome, because I told him, like, that was awesome. That took my breath away, right? But as siblings, we don't tend to do that, because to delight is often about also giving up power to someone else. And for some of us, we've grown up in families, or we have families, where I've never been delighted in. I don't even know what it is to be delighted in. And it's very hard to delight or do something for someone else if we've got no context unto which to do that. And so I know in my work that I do and in the work of conversation I've had that many of us have grown up where giving delight to someone is actually to say you're better than me or it's something that I cannot do or you've accomplished something that I can't do on my own. And I know in many families that, that we experience things like bullying or abuse or sarcasm or fear. Vulnerability creates barriers to truly being able to give, model, and experience delight. 
Because giving delight is to yield oneself to something else and recognize it and honor it. So you may know what, it feels, what feels delightful to you, but what does it mean to delight in someone else? And it's more than just posting photos uh, on social media, often right next to a selfie, right? You're so good, but also me, you know. <laughs> right, here I am. So as you decide to live differently, one modeled after Christ, one who chooses to live out our Heavenly Father's character, we need to realize that as we practice and learn to delight in God and in turn others, you are teaching this skill to those around you. Know this, the Lord delights in you. He delights in you. Do you remember when I started this psalm, I used the, the analogy, if you were here, I talked about when, when my daughter would cry and I'd pick her up and I would sing. And I'd sing over her and I talked about how the Lord sings over us. And, and if, you, if you're a parent, you're like, I can remember delighting in my kid once, you know. And that was that moment like, oh, man, wow. And then he grew up, right? <laughs> then he stood on Legos and delight went out the window, Right? It wasn't even a Hershey's bar. It was a bit of plastic from the plastic, you know, cooking thing over there. Where's the real chocolate, right? But this delight piece is the Lord delights in you. You are on his mind. When he hears your voice singing to him, he's like, oh. When he hears your name, your heart is on his mind in his hands. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You're a prized creation, you are his, and he delights in you. But his way needs to become our way. And so when we're doing this, we, we you know, it says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When I was a kid, I used to see that as being, I get anything I want. But it's actually a flip on the script here. His desires, as we follow, follow and model him, become our desires. And what happens is when we're born, we, we get into this idea that when we're born, we cry, we yell, we scream to get our needs met. That's, that's called survival and development. That's how it works. We're born to survive, right? If I don't take care of me, we're going to be in trouble, right? And then you get a little older and you watch other kids doing this and they realize that if you punch someone in the nose, you get stuff, right? Or you just see a bike that's free and you take it and that's how you get it, right? You just, whatever I see, I can just take and we quickly learn that the goal is not something new, but actually something that was born in the garden many, many years ago when that conversation came up that said, surely if you take this, you won't die. It's when sin entered the world and our attention was taken off God and onto ourselves. It's the first time not good enough entered the narrative. James, James 1.13 explains it this way. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. When we read James, it's the antithesis of Psalm 37. It's delight in yourself seek to meet your own desires and if so it will lead to death we live in an age where we're driven by feelings ultimately we have learned that if we doesn't feel good or we feel left out or we don't have it that we should do anything and everything to pursue and get this back 
But the psalm, Psalm 37, God is saying, don't fret, don't be anxious, don't look at those things out there, look at me. And so Psalm 37 is yet another place where this script is being flipped in how the world tells us to operate. Our Heavenly Father knows our needs and he knows our desires. Now one of the things that I just want to point out, and I'm going to invite our worship team to to kind of head back up here, is that God knows the desires of our heart, but often we talk to him with the desires of our head. The desires of our head. You see, our desires of our head is like, if I get these things, if I do these things, if I become this person, then it will fulfill me. And when it fulfills you, that is the desire of your heart. And while I can't tell you what the desires of your head are, I have a pretty good guess on what the desires of your heart are. And the desires are because it's part of the human core, and it's this. The desire is to know I am loved, to know I feel valued and appreciated, to know I matter and that I am enough, to know that I belong, to know that I'm safe and significant, And ultimately, our deepest desire is to unequivocally know and believe that I'm connected in a relationship that matters and that I play a part in. You see, everything you seek, everything you do, everything you want, all those desires are really kind of a secondary thing to meet this desire. That when I get the the best car, I'll get people that will be like, whoa, that's a cool car. And then I get relationships. Or maybe if I get that person I so desire, then what? It's not the person I desire, it's the connection that I desire. It's the being of significance, of mattering. That is our core. And everything you seek, everything you desire, everything you're striving for ultimately seeks to fulfill these things. If you delight in the Lord and truly give yourself to him and his relationship, he guarantees you he will give you these things because that's his desire for you as well to know that you matter, to let you know that he's connected to you. Our job is to trust, is to take delight, is to commit. It's also to be still and know. Psalm 34, 8 fits right into our little verse here, right? With our chocolate. (laughs) Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you want to experience delight and if you need help learning how to delight in the Lord, then you need to practice those things. You need to practice taking delight. You need to practice noticing delight. You need to express delight to those you love. So the next time you're scrolling through social media and you come across an old throwback of something cool, breathe it in. Don't be like, hey, remember this? This was kind of fun, wasn't it? It's like, stop. Think about it. When you're watching your spouse do the dishes this week, don't go, it's about time you did something around here. (laughs) Take delight. Stop. See it. Let it in. Experience it. Reflect it. Acknowledge it. Take delight. When you come home and your kids haven't left all their shoes at the door or you haven't tripped over their backpack and broken your neck, 
Did your parents say that around here? If I trip over your backpack one more time, I'll break my neck, right? It's not there. But many times as parents, we're not very good at catching our kids in the act of doing something right, but we're really good at catching them in the act of doing something wrong. How do we take delight and stop and look into the eyes of our kids and say, I delight in you. It's beyond being proud. It's something I'm letting in and I'm meditating on. Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to stop. Stop work. So maybe you can think of that this week when you think of delight and you think of stop and I want you to think of this acronym. S is stop. T is think. O is observe. And P is proceed with delight. Stop. Stop when you see that sunset. Stop when you see the sun set and there's all the traffic. Look beyond the traffic to the sunset and be like, I'm going to think. I'm going to observe. And I'm going to allow it in. Because at the end of the day, if you look for the good, there you will find delight. And when you internalize delight, you will answer the deepest yearning. And this is what we actually desire. It's connection. And it's love. So stand with me as we close with some worship and reflect on this idea of delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart.